and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, good morning. No. <laughs> no. Okay, I have to throw in at least once a month. No. Well, no, it, you know, I can actually kind of say that because we met up, I mean, it wasn't morning, but we met up far earlier today. About one thirty. About one thirty, right? Yeah. And uh, the, I'm on summer break, so I'm enjoying time off and sleeping in. How about you? Yeah, same. Uh, still working on some stuff, but uh, I, and I don't get to sleep in. I'm up at like six thirty every morning. No thanks. Yeah, yeah. No, I get to sleep in. Yeah, my my kids are taking tennis practice right now, and Oof. um, yeah, they they like it, but it's from like eight to eleven every day, so it's three hours. And uh, my wife drops them off before work, and I just have to wake up by eleven <laughs> and pick them up. <laughs> you know, how many days a week? Easy peasy. Uh, it's just gonna be for this week. Oh, yeah, just they this just week? started today. And okay. so, like, four days worth. It's, it's a mini summer camp thing. But okay. they're going to learn how to play tennis. And so far, they seem to like it on that first day. Yeah. yeah. I just say oof because uh, my brother-in-law played tennis. And he really enjoyed it. But it's just right. when – if they go into, like, tournament play and stuff like that, and it's 102 degrees outside. Right. <laughs> and I'm exactly. like, no. We went up for – what was it? The all-star game for high school because he played high school tennis in uh, Albuquerque. And it was May when we did that. Oh, wow. And it was already like 97 to 100 degrees in Albuquerque, who have a higher elevation than us. And it was stupid hot out there. Not really a lot of shade, <laughs> but it was, it was actually fun. And it's it's a good sport. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. No, I, I actually, I used to play tennis back in the day. I wasn't like on any team or anything, but I, me and my siblings would play. Um, we would just play for fun, but we played racquetball. That is way more intense. Have you ever played racquetball? I played racquetball and I played tennis, and we pretty much turned tennis into racquetball because our, our whole thing <laughs> was trying to hit the other person with the tennis right, ball. Right, exactly. Because then you get an extra point that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Exactly. That's how we played. We played pretty much. And, 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 and so, so it wasn't just like rack it ball, it was rack him ball. <laughs> right. We always used to tell people, like, whenever they would, like, my high school friends, whenever they would say, yeah, you know, like, do you want to come play racquetball with us? It's like, all right. But if you leave without being bruised, you're probably not playing it right. Because <laughs> we we play. I mean, you're not supposed to get hit with it or like a racket or a ball or anything. But there's a reason we all wore goggles. There's a reason we all like kind of padded up a little bit because we yeah. were very intense. We loved playing racquetball. Let's just put it this way. I, I haven't played it in ages. I haven't played it since probably my early 20s. Uh but we wore cups when we played racquetball. Yeah. We would use oh, our, like our football or our baseball. They're pretty much the same one. Athletic supporters. Because we were smacking that ball and making it come like 102, 108 miles yep. an hour off the wall. Yep. I loved every minute of that. It was so <laughs> terrifyingly amazing. It's one of the best sports ever. Yeah. Ever invented. It's like, let's take... Let's take, you know, the, the nice subtlety of of tennis, you know, nice professional sport, and then put it in a small room and make the ball fly twice as fast and twice as hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's just go for it. What's the worst that'll happen? I love it. I also really enjoy playing uh, handball, but, like, not the street handball like you see right. out there, um, but, like, in, like, the racquetball courts and stuff yeah. like that. Because it's basically, it's it's racquetball just without the racket. You're just yeah. smacking it around with your hand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I played with some uh, people, and I'm, I'm not trying to be racist because I'm half Mexican, but I played with some Hispanic, Mexican-born players, and they were cutthroat <laughs> when you yeah. played handball. It was not even funny. I'll have to take your word on that. No, <laughs> 
I mean, it, it, it brings me back. Like, every once in a while, like, at the school that I work at, um, I see kids playing wall ball pretty often. I, and it just brings me back. Because every day they, they have it there, it's like, wh- which kid is the cool kid bringing the tennis ball, ball or yeah. the bouncy ball, you know? Oh, man, I loved playing wall ball as a kid. It, it was, was great. actually one of my favorite games. We should get a league together. Oh, heck no. <laughs> I, I would no, love it. No, I'm too old for that now. I know. And so we would all be, like, huffing like, towards the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, 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 it's fine. I'm out. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> all right so we're kind we of side- like scooters going <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of sidetracked here um <laughs> because uh we're i don't know we're talking about sports and this is a board game podcast right well they're both games in a know. sense yeah yeah one of them is more right. of a dexterity game than some of the Absolutely. board games we're going to talk about no we could jump right into it this is a fun little topic um and we we had to look up some definitions. Yeah, um, this is intriguing because I, I was talking to you about it the last week before yeah. you went on your trip, and I was like, um, and I mentioned something about music. I was like, what yeah. would you consider a classic game nowadays? And we looked up the definition for classic. Right. You want to tell them? Uh, yeah, anything that's uh, twenty years or older is considered classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do want to add on to that definition. Anything that's fifty or older, I know, is antique. Yeah. Um, so, like, as far as items go. So, using those... We, oh, see, I didn't we, use the antique part of it. <laughs> right. No, I... Well, there are some of my games that are antique. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's but, a couple on my list that are antique. We definitely have it. We we wanted to find anything that was 20 years or older. For right? me, it's 2002. You put yourself in a, a tighter restriction. Right. I, I restricted it to at least 2000... Or at least 1990... 1999 and older. I never did anything in this century. Uh, um, just to let everybody know, Catan is not on my list because no. <laughs> well, I mean, no, Catan's a fine game, it, but it's it it doesn't hit my list because I like these games better. Yeah, um, every single one of these games yeah. that's on my list is probably some of my favorite games. Now, some of them didn't make my top one hundred. Doesn't matter. Right. I will uh, not say no to any of these games being played. Right. And one is a little iffy, but I do enjoy that game, and I'm. Enjoying it as we speak. Or... There, there is a couple I want to explain real quick. Um, those of you who have listened to my top 100 already know two of my games that would qualify for this list. I just decided not to add mm-hmm. them on. That would be Carcassonne. Well, one, you, you also put yourself into a tighter bracket at 1999. Right. Yeah, and but even then, Bonanza, which mm-hmm. was made in 1997, I still didn't put on there. Just because, you know, I talk about those games enough. I wanted to talk about... I, I don't consider those classics. Like, the I consider them modern classics, right? Uh, Bonanza, I don't know if I'd consider, like... Like, you know, like, you listen to a good classic rock album. You're going to listen to, you know, uh, CCR. You're going to listen yeah. to the Eagles. You're going to listen to, like, yeah, like but the classic thing is, rock, right? About that is, those to us growing up was classic rock. Right. But something that came out in 1999, 2002, uh, right. My Chemical Romance to today's generation is considered classic, classic rock. Right. Nirvana, it kind of hurt me when I started hearing them on classic yeah. rock stations. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember when they came out. BGs are antique, like, I mean, <laughs> at this point. Like, it's yeah. weird. No, but what I'm saying is, uh, is that, like, Bonanza, I don't think, is popular enough to be... A, uh, and, you and, would be wrong, weird. sir. No, and I know I'm wrong. And, like, just, and it's... <laughs> One of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, in my mind, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel right like to it be should be there. List, right. Where all of these but other But then again, you can see the that. same thing about Bonanza. It shouldn't feel right to be as fun as it is. Right, exactly. <laughs> but then I also, I also want to clarify another criteria that I put for myself. I didn't put ancient games. And ancient games, I consider like anything older than like, than like 
a thousand years or something. Like I didn't put Moncala on my list, and I didn't put. Um, I technically put maybe two on my list. Okay, but uh, it's just because there's variations of these. Right. No, and that's fine. Yeah, I just I didn't want to put it on mine. Like ancient games. Like I really like Moncala. I didn't put Moncala on it. I really like Senate. I don't consider those classic games. I consider them and ancient. The games. game of Ur. The the royal game of Ur. Yeah. I mean, I don't like that as much as Senate. Senate's better. Senate is better than backgammon and Ur, both. But like Mon Go, I, I didn't put any. I don't like on it. backgammon. Backgammon, it, it's fine until everybody passes each other, and then it's like a half hour of just rolling a die and moving pieces. Mm -hmm. It's that's where that's the problem. That's why Senate is better, is because you and the other player are going in the same direction the entire time. Yeah, and when you get to those last five squares, you can no longer save any of your pieces. Yeah, I love that. That makes that makes it tense and nail biting right to the very end. And even row game of Ur, once you get past most of your pieces past that central line, it's the same thing. It's just kind of like, oh, well, let's just see who can roll faster. I don't... I, I like Senate far better because of those reasons. But I still didn't put it on this list because yeah. if we ever make a list of best ancient games, yeah. then we'll talk That's about gonna it. That's going to be very tough. I've only played uh, Senate. I haven't played the Royal Game of Ur. Yeah. I've played Backgammon. I've played Moncala-ish. I don't yes. know if i played the exact rules. I've played Chess. Mm -hmm. Which is hilarious because it made me think of uh, when, I, when we were making this list and I was thinking about putting chess on here because I do enjoy chess. Sure. But then I was thinking about <laughs> where the chess that we know today is a homebrew of the original yes. game of chess. And I, I just couldn't help think of that because uh, it was um, – who, who is it? Shut up and sit down. When they, he did like a history of gaming when he was talking about it. And it just makes me giggle every time I think of chess now. Right. No, it's – yeah, well, we're all playing it technically wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Moncala, so there is a bunch of different versions. Kala, yeah. Moncala, um, there's, and there's variations that have been passed down. I was telling Again, you... Again, didn't, I didn't include anything that doesn't have definitive rules. Yeah, I was telling you about a game that I saw on TikTok that actually had me intrigued, and now i got to look it up. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, the Crokinole Meets Pool. I, yeah. I want to say, like, didn't those multi-board, like, old-school things have it? Like, little nets and... It looked almost like pocket pool. I'm trying to see um, if I can uh, see. It's like an Afghani game. Um, is it on a circular board? Uh, no, it's on a square board. And so and there's pockets. There's, there's pockets in the corner. Pockets, yeah. Right. And yeah. so the way you have to shoot, there's like little arrows. So you have to angle uh, your uh, puck. I've seen these. Yeah. And a so, lot of antique stores have like these multi-game board or tables that you could buy that have like the pockets in the corner. That do this. Yeah. And you have to, like, flick discs using it. Yeah, no, that's... It, it's super cool. Yeah, no, I was watching it and I was like, I want to try that. It's kind of like this. Corum. That's what it's called. Corum. Or yeah. Karam. That's what it's called. And so you yep. see, like, the lines here. This is where you have to line up your shots. Um, and if you're trying to get, like, something over here into, like, this pocket, you have to bounce it off this side to bounce it back up to get in this corner pocket if you're shooting from That's this fun. side. That's yeah. fun. And so, yeah, it looked really cool. And I, I want to mm -hmm. actually check this out. It almost looked like an air hockey table. But I they... see these from time to time at antique stores. If you want me to keep an eye out for you, I will gladly Yeah, let so. me know. Um because I just want to try it, but it would be, it, it's an interesting game. I don't do well at these kind of games, but it just looked intriguing. But yeah, so talking about ancient games, I just, yeah. I thought I'd drop it. Uh, uh, the, the oldest game on my list is about 300 years old, but it does have very definitive rules. Like that, that's, that was my big thing is like, 
was rules changed because of passing down through generate? No, this was like this is the rules using. Now it uses something that is way older than three hundred years old as one of its main components, and but then it's a game defined using those components. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I do have those were my boundaries. I, I got two older games. I know one of them is an older game because it's basically undefined on Board Game Geek. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, that, that'll be. Yeah, um, yeah, and then the other one is older, but there's just like different variations. I actually right. own a copy of this, and I do like playing it from time to time. But okay. we'll get to it when we get to it. But yeah, they're older because I think uh, the one I'm talking about, like a, a version of it, is basically back in like 600 AD. Oh, okay, wow, all right. And it's gone through many things, but I have like the defined rules for this game. Sure. Uh, so I'm going off of what it's called now, but it had many names. Cool. That works for me. All right. Well, so, but before we do that, though, Daniel, mm-hmm. we've been playing games lately. At least what, I have. Yeah. <laughs> you, you more so than myself. I've Shockingly. been on trips and preparing for the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, what have you been playing lately? All right. So I'll go ahead and start this one. Uh, there's four games I want to talk about that I've been playing. Uh, when you were on that trip, it was just uh, our other mutual friend, uh, from TikTok Gamehead Geek, he was also on a trip, so our mutual friend Dom was the only person that came over for game night, yep. and we played, um, not a mess of games, but we we did get like Marvel Champions and Marvel United, but I, I we're gonna talk about those uh, at another time. Well, one of them, anyways. Yeah, not during this classic games list. Uh, but the one I did get off my shelf of shame is a Prospero Hall game that I've been wanting to play, and it's because it's based off a '70s movie that I truly enjoy, and it's called "The Warriors Come Out to Play." And I have to say, I really, really dug this one. Um, it's not a great game, but it's, it's not a perfect game. But I like because it did feel like the Warriors. Basically, you play in two phases. You're the Warriors trying to escape and to get to Coney Island from uh, the rest of the gangs out there. Mm-hmm. And so you are you play in two phases where you're trying to move across the board and you can only go – you can go as far as you want. Um, but it has to be either in the area you're at or into the next area. So the board is broken down in like uh, four or five areas. Okay. Uh, so you couldn't like leave where you are and go all the way to um, Coney Island. You have to go to specific spots. And then if you go to specific spots, they have actions on them where you can um, draw a card, which will you know help your hands out because uh, you only start with seven cards. And then there's certain cards that get out of the game once you use them for their special ability. Okay. Or one of your other actions is to rest and pick up all your cards. So it has that mechanism where... Once you play it, it stays down until right. you pick it until up. Until you pick it up, and so Which if is you a great mechanism, yeah. If you we know even today, <laughs> uh, if you rest, uh, you have to pull a threat card. Okay. If you go to a section that is just a, a red line, you have to pull a threat card. But if you go to another section, which is usually some of the better cards have, uh, you have to tra- uh, draw two threats. If you get three threats, okay. and some of them are like coast is clear, so you don't have to worry about them. You just discard them. But if you have three threats, then you get the third threat. You have to get the the bad thing that it does, and then it starts a fight, which is one of the the, the next phase. So your first phase is basically just going down the board, trying to collect cards and or weapons. You can only ever hold two weapons, 
Um, you can decide which weapon you want to keep and what so if so if you drew a third weapon. Mm -hmm. uh, the only one that happens is when you use a, the, a weapon, it's you can only use it once per a fight per se. Yeah. But if you use a Molotov cocktail, it's out of the game. Makes sense. It's because it's a it's a wild weapon. Yeah. And so makes a lot of sense. Uh, that's just the first phase. The second phase is you're fighting. Um, you start the game in a fight and you end the game in a fight. Uh, so what happens is when you're going across the section, um, someone will trigger a fight. Either your third threat will trigger a fight or you go to a spot on the board that triggers a fight. You cannot go past it. You have to stop there. Once that section is cleared out, no one can ever stop on that spot. It's not a free space. Makes sense. You do have a free space on the board where you don't pull threat cards, but they're few and far between. And so when you get into the fight, you're playing your cards. You play as many cards as you want to allow you to roll a certain dice to um, fight like the Pixies or the Baseball Furies and stuff like that. And so what happens is if you're higher than them in the reputation, you only have to cover three spots. So you're getting dice to roll that have to hit certain spots or you use a weapon to cover a certain spot. Um and that could be your action, but you have to cover something. If you're unable to, or the dice rolls don't work for you, then you're knocked out of the fight, and then the rest of the team has to finish the fight, and you're done. Cool. You either win or lose the fight, and depending on losing the fight, you go down a reputation. If you win the fight, if they're below you, they just move down to the bottom track and move the other ones that are below you up. But if you fight someone who has a higher reputation than you, they um, make you cover four spots instead of three. Okay. And if you beat them, uh, they drop all the way down, allowing you to move up. And there's a point where you can actually be the best gang on the top. So you only have to worry about covering three spots as you go. And you keep doing this as you're going through the game until all players who are playing the Warriors get to a certain spot. Coney Island. Then you battle one last time. And there's, like, I think you have to cover, like, four or six spots. I can't remember exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. But you basically just do one big battle. Uh, playing your cards out. Your weapons, uh, certain abilities play out, too. So, like, uh, there's one card that if you have brass knuckles, it gives you two dice to roll if you play it. But you're using your weapon. So you can't use your brass knuckles for a weapon spot. <laughs> Makes sense. So you have to play it all smartly. And what's cool about this game, and I haven't mentioned this part of it yet, is that when you get your deck, you get your player character, you get four cards of your player and three um, basic cards. And then you discard them basically for the dice in the corner or their special ability. However, the player characters who are not being used get shuffled in with the rest of the, the generic cards gotcha. and they become the draw pile. So you can get like, if I'm playing snow, I can get someone else in my draw pile and he's basically assisting me as we do these fights. That's cool. So that's a, it, neat, that's a neat way to solve yeah, that problem. Yeah. So it still allows you to have all these player characters in there. You're just playing two of them. And so I thought it was really cool. Um, I'm glad I own it. It's probably going to stay in my collection. I had a really good time playing it, and it helped me get it off my shelf of shame. So that is the Warriors come out and play. Very cool. Good choice. So uh, the first game I wanted to talk about that I've been playing, I actually played last night. And uh, viewers who are watching this live or watching this backup video, I apologize for being on my phone. I just realized that I didn't log the play from yesterday, so I logged in and now because I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And uh, that's Kids Chronicles. Quest for the Moonstone. Oh, I've that's the uh, Chronicles of Crime kid version, That's right? the kid's version of Chronicles of Crime. Nice. Um, it's a fantasy version, double-sided board. Mm -hmm. Great components, you know, a couple small decks of cards, and you use the app. Okay. And it's like, 
I, I think the whole thing is a $25 MSRP. It's, it's the really un, inexpensive. Uh, the Unlock series is the one that's app independent for um, the kids. Yes, I think I, so. Because I remember one of them at Gamma, they were saying it's app independent. I wasn't sure if it was right. this one. It did or... not need an app. And that's, I think it's Unlock. <laughs> this one does definitely need an app because okay. uh, the, you will be you know scanning QR codes. You will be talking to people. It does evolve the story as you are able to ask new characters about different items you've found mm-hmm. or have heard about. Um, and so we played, uh, mission number four, no, mission number three of this, including a tutorial mission. So this was, uh, the, the third actual mission, basically each of the missions you're trying to get a moonstone or like one of these moonstone things that yeah. are different elements, elements. And once you get all four, then you do the final mission. Um, and me and my kids, we, my son loves this game. He, he absolutely loves it. Um, He's a little bit of a hog on, on the phone because okay. he uses it to scan and he'll be like, oh, well, what if we do this and then this? And he'll forget that I'm there, yeah. even though it's my phone that he's using. <laughs> and so um, it's, it's kind of funny. It's and not I, his battery that's killing. Dying. Right, exactly. So <laughs> And we've had to move a charger out there from time to time and charge the phone. Um, so, yeah, but no, overall, um, the, the we were making dinner uh, while we were playing it. And so we invited my wife to play. It's like, do you want to just come play this with us? You don't have to. Or you can just sit and hang out with us while we play it. Yeah. She said, sure. And so we we got her involved. It's like, yeah, who do you think we should talk to? You know, go ahead and scan it. Like, do the AR thing where you're looking around and, and all that stuff. And she was like, yeah, this is a pretty cute little game. And, and she liked it. My daughter, she's about 50-50, but my son does genuinely really like it a lot. I, I think it's a good game for kids. Um, you know, it's not meaty enough for me, but I also have Chronicles of Crime for yeah. the same reason. Um, because that one is a little headier, a little more yeah. puzzles to solve. And this one is less puzzles. Um, like there was even one part where I was listening to my, my daughter talk to this one character. And I was like, oh, you know, do this to him. You know, that'll get, that'll get us right past what we need to do. And they're like, huh? I'm like, just trust me, try it. And they scanned it and so like, sure enough, that was exactly how it was. And I was in there stirring the spaghetti, you know, <laughs> in, in the other room. So yeah. it wasn't that exciting. But no, like, the, it's a great kids game. I highly recommend it. Um, it uh, the only thing is, after those five missions are done, they're going to be done. Mm-hmm. So there's probably more they could do with it. But I haven't seen anything else planned for it at the moment. Um, I hope they do. I think that'd be great. But currently, right now, it's only the five missions that came in the base game. Yeah, I, I think they will. It's a game that they support. Um, Chronicles of Crime, anyways. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about it as you were talking about it. I just realized Chronicles of Crime really gives me that itch that Time Stories used to give me. And it just because, you know, the investigation, the talking with the, the QR code scanning, it's basically just looking at the card and explaining what's going on to everybody right. else. I, so it, it definitely doesn't scratch that itch for me. And that's because, um, time stories, I, I love that game. And what I think makes time stories better than Chronicles of Crime to an extent is that when you go to those cards and you read the card to yourself and you're supposed to put it down and then tell people like not verbatim what you, what you experienced, that is way more immersive than just, you know, scanning something with your, like the scanning the, the cards yeah, constantly is that well, see, takes the, me out for, of it, for me like personally. with the with the time stories it's all about investigation with yes. this one you could scan evidence you can 
look at um, people and talk to people and interview them and work as a team. And it just, it scratches that investigation itch that time stories is supposed to give us. Mind you, I'm only, like I said, I've only played up to the third chapter. I haven't even finished that one uh, just because that game group broke up. And so it's just, I really enjoy time stories for what I played of it. I loved Marcy case. I thought that was phenomenal game. It's just that when I play Chronicles of crime, I still got that same feeling and haven't really wanted to bust out time stories i there was the the game that did do that for me was detective detective did that far better than chronicles of crime did i'll give you because i it what i liked about detective is that it it, it's kind of the same idea right you know Mm -hmm. you you saw that same level of investigation it's more immersive but at the same time you have one person who's on the computer one person who's supposed to handle the evidence one person who handles the tokens like you you feel more in character in that. That's just in my experiences. They're both great games. But regardless, I played Kids Chronicles, and now off to you. What else have you been playing? Okay, so the next one I played, <laughs> I actually originally had Summer Camp on this just because I played it. And then I saw this actual game on my, on my games played list. And I'm like, uh-huh. I need to talk about this one because I own the, the, the daddy of this game. It's actually right behind him right there. And that is Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. I finally got to play a game of it um, with the mutual fr- uh, friend, uh, Gamehead Geek. He actually has this. He's never played it multiplayer. He's only played it solo. So he had like... Which doesn't count. <laughs> he just... He couldn't like... he's. It took him a little bit to figure out how the roles work for multiplayer. Because he played so much of it solo. And when we played it... I really liked it. I think it's good. Uh-huh. In fact, it's actually quicker, which is fine by me, but I don't mind Terraforming Mars uh, for its length. I like the crunchiness of the, the game. Yep. I don't feel like I'm like bogged down because of time because I'm always thinking about, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to go here and get that. So I'm always thinking about my move when it's not my turn because I got to figure out how I'm going to play these cards out of my hand or do what I need to do, right? And so this one, it does a lot of that. It has the same card combo, but I don't know if I'll end up buying this one because I just really like Terraforming Mars that much more. I don't mind the length of time. Now, this one played quickly. Uh, The setup is fine. The action selection was interesting because it's basically um, like uh, Twilight Imperium, I guess you can say, is like I pick one action. And we just basically, it's simultaneous play. So if I take this action, you take this action. If it's the same action, we both get the bonus of it, but then those cards are down. So it's another one that they go down or you pick them up. Well, in a sense, this one happens is like if you play a card down, you're not able to play it again. And the next card you play goes over the top of it. And then you play that action. You get, if you're, you're the one that played it, you get the bonus of it. But they also get to do that action as well. So if it's like production or building or something like that they also get the build they just don't get the bonus that you do like so if i play building um i get a discount however um once that's done i take up the card that i previously played back up now i can't take the other one down until i make my next selection right and so they just cycle in and out of your hand and it, it plays really well i i enjoyed it i like some of the stuff that it does it is quicker and simpler but yeah, I don't know if it ever replaced Terraforming Mars for me because you still have the same basic goals in it that you need right. to get the oxygen all the way up. You need to get the um, the heat all the way up. You need to get all the oceans out to, to trigger the end game. So yeah, it's longer in Terraforming Mars, but it's not completely short. I bet you I can get a game of this two players probably in an hour, but the rest of the time it's 
it's still going to be a little bit longer for as simple right. as it is. That makes sense. Now, I um, I still want to try this one because I did like Terraforming Mars for what it was, mm-hmm. but I feel like this is going to clean it up for me. Now, the thing about Terraforming Mars, though, uh, there's another game that's already replaced it for me, um, that if I had to choose between that one and the other game, that and you know which one I'm talking about, I'm going to pick the other one, and that's Ark Nova. I really... I was going to say, people in the comments, take your guesses below. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's Ark Nova. I, I really dug that game. I like the theme of building a zoo and conservation more than yeah. terraforming Mars to make it habitable for people. Um, but all in all, I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I don't know if I need to own it. Right. That makes sense. So the next game I wanted to talk about, um, I know I gave you kind of a jab of like the solo gamers. Like, well, if you're just playing a game by yourself, it doesn't really count. You yeah. Know? And I'm about to eat my own words because I played a game that's an app version of a solo game only. Okay. And so, um, and it's not Onirim, which is, you know. No, I figured it wasn't going to be Onirim because we've talked that one to Ad Nauseam. Absolutely. (laughs) But I found that a new one, I I just decided to search online for board games for apps and stuff uh, on the Play Store. And I found that they finally made an app version of this game, which I had been interested in a while when I first started getting into solo gaming. Mm Mm-hmm. And I found out that since there's a solo version of it, I was like, all right, or uh, an app version, I'll download it, give it a try. Deep Space D6. Okay, I've heard about this one, yeah. Yes. The idea is This that... is the one that they, they have, like, the box covers that look like the choose-your-own-adventure yes, game. that's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was originally a print-and-play only, I think. Yeah. And then they since made, like, a version of it. It, was, yeah. it came out in 2015. It was a while, it's a while old. Um, but they made an app for it um my goodness this game is kind of random it's really tough but it's really fun and it actually makes a lot of sense um you have six custom dice that you're going to be using right Mm -hmm. um if you roll them and you roll scanners those are bad scanners if you get three of those then you know uh some of your dice will have to go to the infirmary and you draw another thread and just different things like this but every other symbol does manipulates things in different ways like you have an engineering symbol yeah that lets you um repair the hole or you might need to send it to certain missions to complete those okay um you have another one that will let you um raise your shield i think it's the science one which a lot of missions need that as well or you can actually disable certain things um i think also engineering there's or there's medical which will let you return all your dice from the infirmary yeah like that are removed from there you have to use a medical die to, to do that um, and then there is like an attack one, which certain missions you need to attack at a certain number of times. And so you could do that. And what's cool is that the first time you attack them, it's only one hit point, but every subsequent one, it's two additional hit points and okay. you can spread that out over your missions. Yeah. Keep track of them. Same with healing your hole. It's one and then two, then two, then two, then two as you do it. Whereas the science one will just completely refill your shield, which is four points, you know, yeah. so you're just trying to survive, but then you also have a command die face which will let you either set one other die that's been unused to a face of your choice or re-roll as many of them as you want that have been unused. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of cool little different nuances to it. And after every turn, you draw a new threat. Then you roll a single D6. And then anything that has that number on it, like Machikoro style or like Settlers of Catan style, like those all attack you or trigger all oh, okay. the threats. And and they could be anything from just like, oh, it's just like, It'll be every number and it just does a damage, right? Yeah. Or it could be like like a four and a five and then it'll deal like three damage to your hole and ignore your shields. Or like one of them is like if you roll just like a single six, then it does five damage to your hole immediately 
and then you discard the threat, right? And that's the only way to get rid of it. Like, there's no other way. Yeah. So you have to just, like, prepare for that initial brace. It's it's pretty good. The app is free. Um, It doesn't look like it's ads. Like, it doesn't look like it's they're trying to charge yeah. you any excess for it. It plays pretty simply. The tutorial is pretty well done. Um, And the game functions really well. So I'm going to tell you, like, if you're interested in solo gaming... Uh, Oniram still has like top notch yeah. as far as that goes. I'm waiting but, for Final Girl. Uh, yeah, Final Girl, it's up there, Hostage Negotiator. But as far as app goes, like this is a good little sit back and play for like 15, 20 minutes, you know, and, okay. and just try and beat it. I uh, I encourage you to try it. Or what our mutual friend calls it, is it a good pooping game? It's it's not because it's too long for the toilet. Uh, like Oniram is good. If you get if you get really good at Oniram, you're knocking that out in five minutes, easy, yeah. right? Um, or really bad at Oniram, I guess, is another way to do it. But this one this one is longer than Oniram, for yeah, sure. No, so Oniram, for me, is like the go-to solo game um, in app form, too. So I, I yeah. do have to check this one out. In fact, Oniram's app makes me hesitant to actually buy the game, even though I like it so much, because the app just does so much. It does, but it only has three of the seven scenarios. I don't, I don't or, need the extra scenarios. The base game I've by itself. I've played every single module separately and they're all good i'm good with just the base game honestly yeah. i i dig the mess out of that i mean if you ask me how many times i played oniram <laughs> lately very few yeah. but that card game i am very happy that i owned it okay so moving on for me the next game i am mentioning is i talked about it a little earlier i said oh wait i should i'm gonna eat my own words because i'm gonna talk about it but I had to put this one on the list because I've played the mess out of it the last mm-hmm. couple of days. Uh, you were gone. I played it with our mutual friend, Dom. Um, I've played um, other aspects of it. And in fact, you're, you're seeing some of it missing over here. That's X-Men Marvel United. I know. Your shelf looks so clean right now. Yeah. It's just because uh, I'm, I was going to play a solo, some solo of it today until you like, hey, let's play some games. And like, we're mm-hmm. not talking about any of those games because we want to digest them yep. and get like our thoughts on it. But with the X-Men Marvel United, I'm putting both of them because i've played both uh versions of them yep oh it's so good i i've really enjoyed this one it's a nice clean co-op actually very family friendly mm-hmm. uh, i have a great time playing this no matter what i do i have the play mat as well which is nice on the table actually now you're just bragging the reason i <laughs> know uh, but i was gonna mention the reason why i mentioned the play mat is because i love what it does for the game because on the outer part of it it has you where you can play the cards because you know the goal is to play the cards and you get the bonus of the one that was played before you or right. the, the stuff before you. It actually puts it in like a roll. And so yeah. circular around the, the rest of the games. And so it's easy to see where everything goes. That's smart. And it actually teaches the game in a sense because it's like villain phase here. Player card, player card, villain phase. Player card, player card, villain phase. And then once you yeah. get over like three or four rounds, it stops putting it there because you can figure it out every three times. The villain's going to pop up. And so you do stuff like that until they get, like, um, they're going to attack and stuff like that. But it's just, uh, what sucks about it is that we played the Sinister Six, uh, and we got our, well, not our butts handed to you. We actually came close. We were down to, the like, the last person, but he just couldn't draw any more threat cards, so he won the game. And it's and the thing about the Sinister Six is that you're playing against six villains the entire time they're putting thugs out they have threat cards that activate them as you go down the list and it's just you got the vulture who's doing one thing and you got sandman who keeps healing himself vulture stealing people and basically you have to save them before you can attack the vulture electro's attacking locations adjacent to him 
what is his name? Ah, I can't think of his name right now, but he's the hunter, Craven. He actually just goes and starts attacking people, and we just went into the red. Oh, no. Yay, the wife's on the internet. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's just, it's an unbelievably tough at certain times. I, I get what other people were saying is, like, if you just do the base games, you might get a little bored with it because it's the same sure. old, same old. But, yeah, with all these expansions, it's just gotten phenomenal. I've really enjoyed most of the X or all the X-Men expansions I've played. I've played both Blue Team, Gold Team. Um, Days of Future Past was amazing. Yep. And so playing a mess of it and just saying how much I love it. This might have – we do another top 100 soon. This might be high on that list. It, it's easily the most in-depth Marvel X-Men game. Yeah. And I say this, and you and I were joking about this earlier. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going to tell them the story is that but my go-to thing, I know nothing about superheroes. And, and <laughs> listeners of the podcast know this because, like, it, it's very, very little do I know about it. And I remember back when I was probably in high school, we saw, like, the all-encompassing X-Men book and whatever. And I came across one of the X-Men. That was the most absurd thing I've ever seen. It basically looks like one of the floating green things from, from Ghostbusters. His name is Dupe. D-O-O-P. Dupe. And he's one of the X-Men that almost nobody talks about. And so now it's been an ongoing joke ever since I was like in high school. Like half of my age from now. If anybody's like, oh, I really like X-Men. It's like, oh, so you like Dupe then. You know, it's just because it's a fun little like inside joke to just yeah. me. And then so when you bust out, you're like, man, yeah, like I got all these cool stretch goals. I'm like, cool. So where's Dupe? And you're like, it's got it. <laughs> and you bust it open. And sure enough, that is a character in, in, in that extra stuff. I was amazed. I applauded. <laughs> and and now I've forever eaten my words because it's like, now there's a game with Dupe in it. Yeah. And now people, more people will now suddenly learn what Dupe, Dupe is. is. Yeah. And and next time we play this, it's been a long time since I played United. I did like it. And now I have to play it <laughs> yeah. because this long-standing joke of mine, now I have to eat my words and now i got to play as well, Duke. What's hilarious is you kept doing it and I kept telling you like, hey, X-Men's like one of my favorite comics. I grew no. up watching it. I watched the cartoon and stuff like mm -hmm. that. You're like, do you know Dupe? And I'm like, yeah, vaguely, but he's just a random character. Yeah. And you're like, I'm surprised you know Dupe because not a lot of people do. Most people don't. <laughs> yeah, most people who say they like X-Men have never heard of this absurd character. But man, did Simon really scrape the bottom of the barrel with that? <laughs> yeah, with some of their stretch goals, it's hilarious that they, uh, the some of the mutants that they came up with. But yeah. hey, I'm not complaining. It's just more stuff for me to goof off with. Right, exactly. There's no no problem with extra content. Uh, so yeah, the next game. Speaking of fun fun games that we've been playing, I I met with a group that I've been playing with a little bit more lately. Um, I don't think you've met any of them, but we played a game. Because um, I'm not a cool kid. I guess not. I don't know. No, neither am I. That's why we play board games. But <laughs> we we played a game. I went over and I played um, some game with them. And I forget what it was. But uh, they, they threw me right into it. I don't even think I logged it, did I? Now that I think about it. Um... Oh, no, no. I walked in just at the right time to play Need of Valir. But that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, after we finished playing it, they were like, yeah, that was really fun. Like, Danny, did you bring any games? I'm like, sure, of course I did, you know? Like, yeah, let's try this one. I was like, I have this game that's been on my shelf of shame for a while, and I know you like circus themes or carnival themes. And he was like, all right, well, let's try it. It's called Dreadful Circus. Yeah. I, I... And and I gave him the preface. I was like, hey, guys, just so you know, like, 
because they're kind of more of a religious group and whatnot. I'm like, I don't want to offend anybody. The art in here is pretty dark. It's not like offensive or anything, yeah. but it's not, not nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's, there's some creepy imagery in here. Um, but it's not like bloody gory or anything like that. If you don't, if you don't like clowns, if you're scared of clowns, don't, don't play it. Cause there is one I'm not creepy of clown I just in hate it. Him. Yeah. That's understandable. Most people do. Um, as an ex-clown myself, I understand this fact, but that makes sense. But yeah, so we played Dreadful Circus, and the way it works is that you have wagons, which are basically these boxes, and it plays four to eight players. It plays similar to Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, in yeah, a way. you mentioned this. Yeah. It, it, and the way it works is pretty simple. You have a number of coins. You have either uh, bronze coins, which are worth one value, or one victory point at the end of the game. You have silver coins, which are two, and gold coins, which are three. And everyone gets three copper or bronze, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, two silver and one gold, which gives them a total of 10 coins, you know, Yeah. Uh, or 10 value of coins. However, some of the cards give you bonuses for different types of coins you have. Mm -hmm. You might get an extra point at the end of the game for every copper you have, or you might get an extra point for every gold you have, or, or two extra points for every two silver or whatever, you know. Yeah. There's different ways to get extra points with it. But then there's also contract tokens, which is five different cities. There's like Prague, Paris, uh, London, uh, different places from around the world. And those, whoever has the most of those at the end of the game will get bonus points as well. Okay. And also whoever has, anybody who has a set of four of them will get points as well, even though there's five different ones. There's a lot of cool different ways to score little points. But using your coins and your your contracts, that's what you're going to be using to essentially bid on other people's offers. Now, the other guys who I played with, um, they never really played games like Sheriff of Nottingham before. And so they didn't really know what to think about going into it. They're kind of like, okay, whatever. And uh, the number of players that we played with, five players, you there was two people selling at a time. So anybody who wasn't a seller... Um, always bid on one of the two options and only one of the two options yeah. while doing it at the same time. And of course the two sellers would bid on each other's. Yeah, I think in four players it, you only do like one seller and they don't bid on anything obviously because there's only one seller. So what's cool about it is you put out your wagons, you load it up with whatever tokens you want and you set it down to them. And unlike Sheriff of Nottingham, you know how Sheriff of Nottingham, you're like, oh, I'm just trying to score this for myself. Yeah. And the sheriff can choose to either risk penalty or not no you're you're trying to get them to or you're trying to convince them to accept your offer sight unseen um to to give the card that they put out for you (laughs) so you can you could as a seller you could put out cards that you see other people going for you'd be like daniel i know that you kind of want this other orange card here because the more you have the more it's collectively worth it's like a set bonus thing yeah so I'm kind of putting this out for you, just so you know. Like, and you can really kind of ham ham it up like this. And after a while, like, we're, they weren't sure, like, how to do that. And um, the, the way it works is that the, the person who's selling it, they open up or they, they hold up one of the, the wagons. They look at it and right then and there, they have to decide if that's the one they're going to accept. Because if they give back the wagon, they can never go back to it. However, if... If they open it up and there's like nothing good or if there's like yeah. something pretty good there and then the later offer they open it up and it's just garbage, they can either choose to not sell or just, you know, what is what it is. 
or you might they might be passing up a better offer because they're so excited about what they saw already. And so part of the thing is the sell is you have you're trying to sell sell it to the sellers like look yeah. what I'm offering you is by far the best you're going to get. Like I don't know about these other guys but I already know I'm giving you something good and you should accept it now and you can you know, open it up take a look like you're going to see what I'm offering you. And just know that, like, it's it's going to be the best offer you're going to get. And and you're trying to convince them. And after a while, we just started really messing with people and playing into it. And to the point, like, one of my favorite moves was, like, the we agreed that the seller was not allowed to, like, pick it up and shake other things to try and figure it out. Yeah. Like, what's, or how many cardboard pieces are in, like, one wagon or not. However, if the players did that, like, I was like, oh, I'm just saying this down. <laughs> <laughs> fair game right you could really play into that fact and they started absolutely bawling laughing just because of just like the absurd it's like oh hey here let me hand this to you I'm gonna slide over quietly but just trust me that there's a lot in there you know <laughs> or like and then one person like well yeah shuck 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 here you go <laughs> you know? it's like it doesn't matter that's a lot of cardboard right there <laughs> you yeah you, you, it sells itself it was hilarious. It was one of the funniest games. It really brought back the same mood of of Sheriff of Nottingham, of that same silly negotiation, yeah. but it brought in something new and fresh with it. I'm very glad Portal came out with it. I think it was Portal. Awesome game. Great art. Decent components. I had to tape the boxes just to keep them. Yeah. They're like thick cardstock, um, and I just do a little tape in it. It's no problem. But uh, they even include extra components for, like, achievements of, like, whoever, like, won certain things. You could just hand them the token so they could just have. <laughs> and then in a later game, if they lose that, then, you know, the achievement moves to another player. You know, it's just kind of weird, but it's totally, like, unnecessary. Like, little bonus, like, oh, these are bragging right tokens. <laughs> it's silly. The, the theme is great. I love it. It's such a fun game. Dreadful Circus. Go try it. It's so fun. No. It's got clowns. <laughs> even with no even with it's got clowns well I mean you've watched it yeah that's that, that's a that's an interesting clown and they made him the bad guy yeah Dreadful Circus no it's got no, there's no there's no saying that Dreadful Circus is that's a good clown nobody's saying yeah, this no, no, <laughs> nope nope uh, yeah I think you're just secretly scared of clowns you just don't want to admit it no I just don't like clowns I think they're creepy and obnoxious and then John Wayne Gacy you ever been to the con motel <laughs> I can't stand that. Wait, didn't go. we drive by it? Yes. We did. That's right. It's in Tonopa, Nevada. Yeah. No, yeah. Man, like, I need to take a trip out there just for that reason. No, no, you know, it's not going to be with me. <laughs> I would stay there. Absolutely. Hell no. I think I'd be the one. You'd be the one person there. <laughs> the, the parking lot was quite empty when we drove it by. Was. It was. Well, right. it was also midday at a hotel. <laughs> of course it's empty. All right, so my number one game that I'm going to talk about here is a game. I might have talked about it in the, uh, the past one, just... In passing, uh, I got it off my shelf of shame. It's one of my newer games that I own, and that is Creature Comforts. I really enjoyed this game. It yep. plays over eight rounds normally. I only played the we played the shorter game just because we wanted to get more gaming in. It was the first time play. I said what they recommend. It plays eight rounds normally. We played six rounds. You basically just take uh, one card out of spring and one card out of summer, and then you just play as you go. And so. It's a worker placement-ish with dice. And it, what's interesting about it, and I, what I really liked about it, is you only know what your color dice are. So uh, when you're putting your workers out, 
you are kind of knowing where you're going to go because you need resources or you need this to build these cards and you're trying to be the most comfortable when winter comes around that's why it's called creature comforts and Good so um the only thing is there you're going to be able to use six dice to help your workers while they're out and about but you only know two of them your family die. So if I'm playing the yellow character, I roll my two yellow die. Then I put my workers out. And whoever's first player, once all workers are out there and we're fine with where the workers are, they roll the four white dice for everybody to use that turn. And you got to make sure you're not flipping them and stuff like that. There are ways to manipulate it by adding mm-hmm. or subtracting um, tokens. But what happens is then you're going to get those six dice and you have, I think it's like, Three or four workers. I can't remember exactly how many. Mm-hmm. But you're paying those dice to for your spot. So one needs a, a two and a four. Or it needs two dice, but they got to be even numbers. Or they can't be equal. Or they got to be the same number. It just depends. And so you got to spend those dice over there. And so you're hoping those four show up if you go to that spot. Because you're like, I kind of really need this stuff over there. And if you don't get the, the dice and your worker comes back, he gets a lesson learned. And that's the... Uh, minus or plus um add modifiers so you still come back with something that can help you on the next round okay you're going to locations that give you this you're trying to build certain things that help you so you know you're getting your huts out there getting your points you're building comfort so and then the comfort cards they play off each other so like with me i built uh what is it board games and so i get points for every other board game built or um toys and so i had toys built i had two different board games built which is interesting because they're easter eggs one of them uh, that i built was wingspan and the other one that i built was everdale <laughs> of course <laughs> so uh it's a nice game i love the production value and this is just uh, it's not the kickstarter version i have like the the retail version because i only found out about it after uh, after the fact really enjoyed it i liked what it did i love the the kind of a gamble when you're putting your workers out is like can i get something to pay for these um so you're also using your resources to pay for your comfort cards you're using your resources to pay for forget what they're called but they're basically like cottages that you take out that can give you like for me i got a wheelbarrow that helps me take an extra resource when i go out for resources Mm -hmm. in the forest because that's where your most of your resources in the forest but you have like a little wheels like if you get a three you can get a stone and a coin or you can get certain sections that um, one of those cottages you can build above the board. And if a player goes there, they can, uh, and you have to use your specific family dice to use that. If they go there, since I own it, I get a resource. Uh, like, so one of my friends had it. And so every time someone went there using one of their family die, don't have to send a worker, just use your family die. Uh, and it would, they would get two apples, but you would also get an apple because they used it. Now, if you went there, you wouldn't get the extra apple. Makes sense. But. Yeah, you know, it played really well. It was actually kind of a close game. Everybody really enjoyed it. And I want to get it to the table and play a full game of this now. But yeah, that my number one is Creature Comforts. Very cool. Last one I wanted to talk about was a game I played uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't own this game. It was actually belonged to a friend of mine uh, who moved to El Paso. Um, and I went and spent uh, some time hanging out with him. And we had some time to play games. And this game has the most absurdly large box I've ever seen for any board game. Um, so much that it's a double layer like box, like mm-hmm. kind of like how you normally see. But the inside box is sideways. And that's because you lift off the lid and then you pull out trays from the side. And this is called Foundations of Rome. Oh, yeah. Uh, the pieces are... Very pretty. That is a massive box. It is huge. It is absolutely obscene. I, I mean, um, I thought uh, 
that game? Uh, uh, oh, Dark, Tower Dark Tower was yeah, no. or the Dune Imperium box, or nope. the, the freaking Gloomhaven box. Those are tiny. Range. They're they're super tiny. This Foundations Rome is absolutely just over the top, really, really big. Um, it just it it really doesn't need to be that. I hope they make a micro version of it. I think that'd be great and put it in like a normal retail box. That'd yeah. be super awesome, right? Yeah. Um, but Foundations Rome, the idea of it is that you are trying to build different buildings in uh, the city of Rome. You have a grid um, and these cards, which will be anything from like A6 to like uh, G4, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, the coordinates come out as cards and you are going to be bidding on them. Um, or you could take turns like taking income, which you take, I think, five income plus whatever coins you have. From your buildings. Yeah. Well, you only have three types of buildings. You have uh, population buildings. You have income buildings. Population buildings will get you points in between each of the three rounds. Okay. Um, based on your, your population because that's how they come out. Your income buildings will earn you money every time you take income. Mm-hmm. And the other buildings are simply worth points at the end of the game based on what they're adjacent to. So okay. I can put out ones that, are, that score uh, two points or one point for every two population that it's adjacent to total or three points for every other of these bonus buildings that Mm -hmm. it's adjacent to. And that counts for any player. Meaning that if you built like a six or an eight population um, building, I could totally put my scoring building next to yours (laughs) and, and get points because it's next to population. Yeah. You know, it's a smart game. Um, You have to have certain, buildings is this co- uh emerson matushi matushi yes well that yeah, makes sense it is <laughs> right so it's really clean um you know it has some of the same satis- satisfying parts of it as like a, say a choir for example okay. um especially with Don't the player <laughs> well no a choir is a great game um it's not on my list i i it was on my short list for for this list that we're gonna be talking about later but this this cleans up that idea so i think it's a great game I think I did. I just make you. Yeah, give you I'm an taking idea? my number eight off. Oh, okay, cool. You're putting a choir. Got it. Nope. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I I think it's I think it's a smart game. It doesn't replace a choir for me, but it definitely has the same feeling. And if this is what's going to get people into the gaming, hundred mm-hmm. percent, I'm in. But it was a fun game. If you like his other stuff, like uh, Century Spice Road or Reef or other smart games that he's kind of created, or it's a very simple idea. Comboing off of each like, other, uh, this is up there. Uh, Spectre Ops is one of the better uh, hidden movement games. So the one okay. first of many, but it's hidden movement. And that's Emerson Matsuchi. So, right. yeah, no, I, I want to play this just because of that name. Yep, exactly. His name alone is ma- makes it worth it. Yeah. So definitely check it out, Foundations of Rome. Um, it's actually uh, Dice Tower Essential, I believe. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think it was the first Dice Tower Essential that actually went to Kickstarter because... Yeah. This game is massive for yeah. as simple as it plays. There is one problem with it, though, functionally. What's that? The, so all of your buildings are all the same color, except they have a little, like, a, a nice little, like, emblem that's that's glued onto the building itself that tells you, um, like, what, what, it tells you the symbol and uh, the player color uh-huh. and all that stuff. Those player colors are not the most distinct Lovely. from each other. So. It's not bad. That's, that's not really that's, his problem. That's more of no, the that's a No, it's a small production. It's, it's Arcane thing. Wonders. Yeah, it's a small production thing. And then also on the board, I, I didn't realize it. So there's two different sides of the board. There's a three or four, 
there's um a two and a three player on one side and four and a five on the other mm-hmm. and they they section off because they just have like certain parts of the grid like the h column and i think like the eight eighth column or seventh column yeah would only be in a three-player game we played as two mm-hmm. i didn't realize that the colors weren't distinct enough oh lovely. like so they I were get... after he pointed out i was like okay i guess i see it but it like there there wasn't any kind of picture in between it mm-hmm. that should have delineated it in my opinion but it's a small thing it's a small production thing not a big deal it only ignores people who are colorblind but you know who cares right but yeah no but if we argued this in a topic debate it would be dinged for it yep it absolutely would and Absolutely. it's and again, it's not the designer's issue. I mean, he probably had some say in it, but it's a production thing. Yep, that, that's totally Arcane Wonders' problem. Yeah, exactly. But that's why oh we well. don't blame Stefan Feld for their colors. We always blame Olea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is why I'm totally happy with the Castles of Burgundy game <sighs> found I knew you were gonna because bring it I up. could actually see everything. <laughs> yep, I'm. Uh, can I borrow alone. some money? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could justify it otherwise. Honestly, it's not that bad if you just get the if you don't want to go for like. You the should back it for two, and then I'll pay you later. It's a possibility. Yeah, I could, I can add on, um, like just the not with all the the special stuff, just for. You can add on another base. I can add on just the base game, uh, with the all in game bundle. So no, okay. no minis or something like that. It's eighty five. But honestly, I can wait till the pledge manager to open up to do that. We might. I, we'll talk. We'll talk, buddy. <laughs> Good old buddy, old pal. Let me tell you. We'll talk. No, that that's fun. But let's talk about our topic today. Um, I briefly talked about it in our mentions right there. Yeah. We we were talking about classic games. And as we talked at the top of the episode, these are games that are 20 years or older. Mine's a little bit. Mine's 22 years or older. Yeah. But same idea. We, wanted, we posted this on the Board Game Revolution for, group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. As always, each of our weekly episodes we post on there. Or try to. Or try to. <laughs> assuming we don't forget. Uh, so that way we can add on to the discussion, yeah. hear what people think about it, and we'd like to hear your thoughts. So let's go into this. Let's see who's going to be starting reading. Um, I just want to put the, the question I asked is, most music becomes classic after roughly 20 years. So if by following the, those standards, which game or games are your favorite classic game and i just I'll reiterate it 2002 and before because that's 20 years from uh, before here right so i'll be starting us off let's talk about the comments kevin uh said geez when you put it that way they seem so old carcassonne apparently released at the time so that would be a top pick for me that can't be right can it yeah i it know. can kevin and yeah that's why it went through my mind yeah the the, the reason why i like doing something like this is because we're old i'm pushing 40 you're not that far behind thanks i i I, this year um i'll be 38 in august so i'll be about two years from to 40 so it made me think about it and i was watching something and people were talking about or i was watching a tiktok and they were talking about these classic mu- uh, uh, this classic music it was like a younger person yep. and they were playing like nirvana and it's like uh i'm oh, like no. oh god oh god that is I, like 30 years I old when i was on the radio <laughs> i remember when we listened to radio well the reason is why this song is getting so big is because of batman uh the newest batman movie uh uses a nirvana song in the trailer and right. really in a lot of the music too and kids in, nowadays are listening it's like man that song is really cool, cool when but... is that from <laughs> and then there's people who are who are like our age when nirvana, when we were born yeah and they're like I remember when Batman was new, so shut up. <laughs> yeah. 
at least the movie wise because yeah uh let's see the first batman movie i remember when they cut of, to a scene of the thing going pow that's well, what i remember uh, before uh, after the adam west movies uh, tim burton's batman i think it was like 89 90 yeah. i was six yep so yeah. i remember when that that first batman movie came. those were pretty good <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah no and it, it hurt me a little and then i was just thinking about how we iterated to board yeah. games what board games that we like uh, in fact uh before we get going i just thought of one as we were talking you were talking i dropped my number eight uh so i told you my number eight was going to be a surprise for you yeah uh it was guess who i remember having a great okay. time and it was a great introduction to a basically deduction game yeah and so I, it was on that list, but now it's off because of another game. Yeah, that you came up, that you thought of on <laughs> right the way. You, yeah. Okay. I'm curious to see what those are. <laughs> What's the next one say? All right. Next up is Bill, and he says Euro Rails. Yeah. No no description needed, just simply Euro Rails. Uh, Graham put Cosmic Encounter. I bought the original Eon Products version the year it was released and played it so much after or after that a while. The box itself was more masking tape than cardboard. I this was on my short list also. I thought about Cosmic Encounter. Um, I like it, but maybe we'll talk about it later. Yeah, uh, Terry stated my favorite classic game would probably be Risk. I really want to try the Legacy version, which is actually pretty fun, and Castle Risk. Risk. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that version. Castle Risk. Yeah, I, I am. It's pretty pretty neat. Uh, Crystal said, "I still adore Cribbage." Uh, so um, that's great. I, I agree. Cribbage is a good game. I didn't put any classic card games on here. It, just for me personally, it for, um, when it comes to it, I don't know when a lot of these came out. I don't know when a lot of them played. and Because if not, Gin Rummy would be on my list because I played that a lot with my dad. <laughs> but no comment. But moving on, Pete said, <laughs> "That's my era, dog. What is it then? The the Nitzia Imperial period was before your deadline. Ninety two modern art, ninety five Medici, ninety five high society, ninety seven yep. Tigris or Tigris and Euphrates, uh, ninety eight through the desert, ninety eight uh, Samurai, ninety nine uh, raw. raw lost cities and yep. Shantan, two thousand the Lord of the Rings." Battle Line and Taj Mahal and 2001 uh, Winter Circle and he replied of these Winter Circles is I think the finest game with the betting mechanic ever. Out of those, I you know how much I like Kinesia. Yeah, and I did I did definitely think about some of these. Um, I forgot that I used to own Medici. I hated that game. That game was <laughs> stupid. Maybe I maybe I need to try it again, but it was awful at so the time. So out of those games, I never played Modern Art. I never played Medici. I never played High Society. High Society is fun. I High never... Society. No, let me tell you about it real quick. No, High Society. No, we've already you're, been you're recording for on an stuff. hour. You're bidding on stuff, and you're, because you're rich people, you're trying to enjoy your money the most. Yeah. And so the player who 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 wins the best auctions wins. However, the person who spent the most money automatically loses. So it's <laughs> it's one of those like second place things. It's really fun. Haven't played. Uh, Tigris and Euphrates. I own it. I still want to play Never it. Never played Through the Desert. I own it. Still haven't played it. Uh, I've played Samurai. That's a little dice game, right? No. No, you're thinking Age of War. Oh, okay. Yeah, Samurai is a big, a big meeting no, game. No, so then I haven't played that one. I've played Raw. Love that was it. actually a pretty good game. I played Lost Cities. It was fine. It was a nice push your luck. Yeah. I think I need to play with more people. I didn't like it at yeah. two players. No, it's, it's not good with two players. You're right. It needs to be with like four. Um, I played Lost Cities. Didn't like that one. Yeah, I, like I don't need math this to board This was also on my short list. Never played Shot and Totten. Never played Lord of the Rings. Okay. Never uh, Battle Line. I don't know if I played that one. 
No, not really. No, no, no. You haven't. And then, <laughs> I'm telling you, you haven't. Yeah, I've never played yeah. Taj Mahal, and yep. I've never played Winter Circle. I do want to play the new, the that that dice game that came out. Oh, that was long shot. Never mind. Okay. It's it Winter Circle's a horse racing game. Right. I was thinking of a different horse racing game that long came shot. out. Long yeah. shot, the dice game. Yeah. Gotcha. But, yeah. And then Pete said, pro- also probably my fave old board game. Pick Picnic, which I don't know anything about, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, and he opened a link, so let's... uh, Yeah, let's take a look. Pick Picnic. I'll, I'll happily read the description here. Uh, get the most food. 2001. 2001. Eat grain... Or eat grain... Scroll back up. Eat grain with your birds <laughs> or eat rival birds with your foxes. Okay. That's a fun theme. A corn, please. <laughs> a cry is heard from the many foul mouths of the cold buffets. It's a remake of yards. Razzia. Razzia. Okay. Stuff it's a theme dark. center around chickens and their quest for corn, but watch out. There are foxes trying to get the chickens. Click on Razzia real quick. Wow, this is quite interesting. Huh. That's a, like a mob game. Huh. Stephandora, huh? He went from a mob game to a chicken game. <laughs> Bluffing, card game, economic, mafia, negotiation for that one. Yeah, uh, well, I wonder I what they say for the other one. Uh, let's see. Animals. Children's yep. game and negotiation instead of bluffing. Yep. Okay. Sounds fun to me. I'd play it. All right. And then Sean stated, Crokinole is the oldest game I actively enjoy. Others, Lost Cities, Catan, Can't Stop, Raw, and The Great Del Moody. What is The Great Del Moody? It is a trick-taking game. It's pretty fun. I, I've heard of it. Now, you've been mentioning this before. I was like, that's why I know the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was rethemed as something else. Uh, but... Great Del Moody was actually made by uh, um, creator of Magic. Richard um, Garfield? Richard Garfield, yeah. That's why I know the name, because mm-hmm. we did the breakdown. Yeah, it was a trick-taking game printed by um, printed by Wizards of the Coast. Yep. All right, so let's move into our eight games. And like I said, guess who just made it off the list? <laughs> right, exactly. I do have to mention about guess who... Um, you uh, check out another uh, board game um, YouTubers. They're called No No Rolls Bar. Okay. They just played Guess Who, but the questions they asked that had to be like vibes, and one of them was like, "Is your person could they be racist?" <laughs> it's stuff like that, and he narrowed it down and got the proper person too by doing stuff like that, and then they're like. Uh, is your person a person who plays video games with their kids and thinks they're the best? That kind of stuff. And it just was making me giggle. That That's really silly. <laughs> that sounds like good fun. Are you ready to start our list? <laughs> ready to start it. So our top eight classic games. Daniel, you'll be starting us off. And this is the one that bumped off Guess Who. In fact, if I wanted to, I can remeasure it and move it down here. But I'll just leave it at eight. It's not saying that it's my eighth le- or the least favorite of this list. It's just that I didn't think of it before we started this. So I'm just putting it in the spot right here. And that's Can't Stop. When you mentioned Sid Saxon, I was like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't think of that game. I love Can't You know I love Can't Stop. I do. I love pushing my luck, even though it's going to blow up in my face. Yep. Uh, it's it's phenomenal. You're basically trying to be the first person to get three of your things at the very top. You're rolling dice. Uh, so, like, if you're rolling sevens, you have a better chance of moving. But it's quicker if you, if you get a two or a 12 because it's highly unlikely that you're going to roll those. But you're going to be more likely to bust. So, yep. you got to be very careful what you're doing. 
I adore this game. I, I've, I've loved it ever since you showed it to us at IHOP, me and my wife. I need to get a version of this game for myself. Uh, but yeah, my number eight is Can't Stop. Very good. Good choice. Actually, so reviewing my list, I realized, um, so I made reference to a game that was like 300 years old. Um, that was Cribbage. It is not on my list. I took it off because I I realized my ruling for this is it has to have a designer to it. Uh, I feel like that's the only fair way. If we know who created the game, then that's that's my criteria. That's it's not something you have to go by, but that's honestly, why I, I took don't know any off the list. of the designers of the games that are on my list except for the one I just put, Can't Stop, and right. then my number two. <laughs> well, but they but they all have designers, right? That like you could go on Board Game Geek and probably find out, right? Mm, two of them, no. Okay, well then never mind. My number eight is a <laughs> Reiner Knizia game. <laughs> And uh, the reason it, it jumped up on the list, it probably wouldn't have otherwise, because the original version is pretty decent, but they recently reprinted it um, in a completely different theme. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. This is the one that had the that has a Golem edition that plays exactly the same, yes. just a different box yep. cover. Um, this is uh, Equinox. The original one was Colossal Arena. Yeah. Goodness, Colossal Arena is fun. <coughs> we played it. Uh, a couple of our mutual friends, unfortunately, weren't able to make it that day. Man, did we have a blast playing it. The art is so pretty. It works really well. Um, just functionally, the game is just really silly. Uh, you're basically putting bets on different creatures. You play with, I think, eight of the 14 that are included in the box each yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of replay value. And you slowly, you play over five rounds, eliminating one single one. Mm -hmm. at whoever has the lowest number on it. And man, it gets so spiteful how you play because you're watching other players. You know which ones you've bet on. It's all public knowledge because the earlier you bet, the more points it's worth if it survives. And then so you're watching other players. You're like, hmm, I see you bet on that. I'm going to put a one on their card. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's just, let's just let that soak in for a bit. Because only when every single one of them has at least one card on it, and secondly, at there is a clearly defined lowest number. So, like, if two of them tie for one, mm -hmm. game continues until one of those is changed. <laughs> for the better or worse. But as long as one is defined as the lowest and everyone has at least one card on each character, that one gets eliminated and then they're just done for the rest of the game. Oh, damn. It's so cool. And then whoever has the highest bet on any of them gets to use their ability whenever they play the card. So, like, for example, the bear, he doesn't have an ability. He's always just 0.5 higher than everything else. Yeah. So, he doesn't have 1, 2, 3, 4. No, he has 1.5, 2.5, 3.5. But there's another one where it'll let you uh, use one of the abilities from a previously knocked out character. Mm -hmm. Or there's one where it's like, oh, you can remove one of your bets and actually take it back and then re-bet because you only have five stones that you can bet with. Yeah. There's one where it's like, oh, well... Uh, it breaks all ties, you know, as far as different things go. It It's really smart how it works. I like it a lot. And this there's a reason it was on my list. And I'm surprised it didn't get reprinted until now. But um, if you have a chance to go check it out, the, that's one of the things I worry about with these classic games is that they're, a lot of them might not be in print yeah. right now. Um, this one is. Equinox. Go get yeah. it. Well, I don't have to worry about the the next one on my list. Oh, but you're gonna are you flipping the coin of doom? Or we sure, just let's do it. Okay, let's see who goes next. Number seven, you yeah. go first. Uh, yeah. So I was right in that that assumption, but this one you're not gonna have a problem finding it. It's actually a mass market game that's pretty good. 
Okay. I really enjoy playing it. It. I will argue that. Let's see here. Yahtzee. Eh, it's okay. I enjoy playing Yahtzee. I like, don't like. I don't mind the Yahtzee. Um, I when I play it with my mother-in-law because it's a game that they know, or I play with my mom because it's a mm-hmm. game she knows. I have a great time playing it. I have no problem if someone wants to bust out Yahtzee because you're just rolling dice, either making number or like sets of numbers or pairs or a full house. It's basically playing poker with dice in a sense, yeah. but it's just kind of solo play. It's the original roll and write, <laughs> yep. honestly. Uh, but I have a great time playing it. It's old. I know that much. Uh, it's one of the few games that actually thought on my list because I even own a version of Yahtzee somewhere down on the bottom shelf over there because... Honestly, it's not a great game, but it's still fun to play. It's something that I can bust out with my parents who are not really into like the modern stuff uh, that I like because it's a little too much per se. Uh-huh. But I can bust it out and play with my family. So for me, Yahtzee, it, yeah, you got your generic versions now. Uh, I just saw a Dice Tower review about some dice where they had like a generic uh, phonetic Yahtzee for you to play with those dice where that are basically app-driven dice. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a fun game. I enjoy playing it. I don't want to play a mess of it, but if my mom's like, hey, let's play a board game, I'm probably going to bust that out because that's what she knows. I don't have to explain something. You know they made a spam version of Yahtzee? I am not surprised. Tin, and they, the dice are this gross pink color. Yeah, it sounds about they're, right. They're so bad. They, they made a freaking uh, ramen yep. Yahtzee. So, ramen I mean, you sense. could get yeah. whatever version you want. It still yeah, plays the flavor, same. Yeah. Right. I have a really good time. I used to have a... The Kool-Aid uh, Man version looks really... I might have to buy that. I had a battle version of it. You remember it mm-hmm. of uh, Alien vs. Predator. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. I just got rid of that one because it's just not going to get played because it's a, it's basically head-to-head battling each other. Yeah. Whereas, like, regular Yahtzee, yeah, it's head-to-head, but it's just not something I have to worry about, like, taking someone's life points or something like that. Right. And so, yeah, for me, it's Yahtzee. Cool. Uh, my number seven, I, I just did some reconfiguring of my list just so that way it's a little more on point. Um, my number seven is actually two different games. Um, they are very different, but they're in the same genre of style of games. And that's uh, Balderdash and Time's Up. Mm-hmm. And just because they're both like just... I didn't think of Time's Up. Yeah, they're great party games. Time's Up was 1999. Yeah. Uh, but Balderdash is like from the 80s. If I thought of Time's Up, it would be on this list. Yeah. Yeah, It exactly. No, it's... It, there's so great games. Balderdash, the idea of that is that you're given either like a date. Um, you're given um, uh, an anagram or what was it called? Where it has just the first letters um, of everything. An abbreviation. Uh, or you're given like you know a word that you don't know, mm-hmm. and everyone uh, has to make up a definition or a meaning for it, and they're all trying to sell it. Same with like time times up. Very different game, but it takes like that old Pictionary uh, categories or like you know uh, the acting one, and it just combines it to make it just a really great party game that still stands as one of the best party games. Yeah. Unfor- uh Balderdash is really easy to find. At thrift stores, if you're going to get it, get Beyond Balderdash because it has uh, extra categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just have a ball with it. Like, I've, I've bought so many versions of it just so I had extra, like, answer cards. Yeah. And Time's Up's pretty easy. I think Arnar's distributing it yep. right now. So, yeah, you could find Time's Up. Um, if you're playing with younger players, I say get more, some of the more recent stuff. Like, I play uh, Time's Up with my wife. She doesn't know the B-52s, so... Yeah, she doesn't know the be or she doesn't know like their song. She's heard of them, but she doesn't know like Love Shack or Rock Lobster and stuff like that. Rock Lobster is a 
that that's a classic. Let me tell you, <laughs> we're speaking classics here. That is a classic. Yeah, you realize that I'm six years older than my wife, so that makes you three years older, and we had yes. cool parents. That's true. We did have cool parents. <laughs> we I thought my, mo- that my mother-in-law is not cool, She but she taught her more like 80s rock, whereas my parents were, because that's the generation she grew up in, where my parents were like CCR and... 70s and 60s. Well, my dad was Dion in the Belmonts. Like, <laughs> you know, like, the, oh, okay. we listened to, like, 50s and doo-wop. And, uh, well, like, I listened to 50s. My mom was big in that stuff. Um, uh, she was Americans. boring in the 50s. Yeah. But my dad, he was all about disco, so <laughs> he knew a lot yeah, of disco stuff. Uh, my mom was all about classic rock. She liked the Eagles, Boston, all of those yeah. guys. She was a big Meatloaf fan. Uh, my mom, or my mother-in-law is a big Scorpions fan. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> that generation. Speaking of classic, John Bon Jovi. Right? Oh man, hair metal, huh? <laughs> yeah, Ooh, buddy. All right, All right, moving on to number six. Our right, number six, and I'll be leading us off this time. I was not prepared for this. I wasn't expecting it. My number six. Um, I originally had as my number two, just because that was one of the first ones that came to my mind. Um, I put it down as my number six is because this is like the game. It it's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's not great. Um, but it's really fun. I think I know what it is. You want to take a guess? It's your Halloween game, isn't it? No. No? Okay. No, this is one that's way older. This is from like the 50s even. Okay. And it uses a giant scroll of paper. It's called Astron. Yes, yes you did I've talked about, about this. this. It, so you have a board with a plastic overlay, um, and underneath it is a roll of paper that has a grid on it. Is, isn't Ithri the one that showed you this one? No, okay. it, but it was up in Albuquerque, and it was a, with a, an older game group up there. And they were just good people. Um, yeah, and they, they showed me this. And I remember us, like, and they were, like, in their 50s and 60s, you know, and we were just giggling playing this game. And and one of the one of the guys, the guy who was hosting the party, he said something I never will forget. He said, this was made when games were just meant to be fun. It's not good. It's fun. And that really stuck out to me because... The, the way this game works is really simple. You play a card from your hand. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you how you move your plane and then also how the map moves. <laughs> so you might move three spots to the right because you're trying to get to these spots to gain, like, cards that will give you points. And you're trying to send your opponents into hazards, which will give them negative points. So I might move to the right three spots and then move the map four spots. So you shift, everyone shifts the, the scroll of paper, mm-hmm. four spots underneath the, the plastic overlay. Yeah. And once it's moved four spaces, then anybody who happens to be in a hazard, oh well, draw some bad cards. <laughs> it's so fun. It's just silly. It's a cool idea. It's a fun mechanism. It's not good. It's just fun. I couldn't suggest, I'm still on the lookout for it. If any of our listeners have a copy, let me know. I will gladly buy it. Because I want a copy of this. All right, moving on to my number six. It's actually an older game. It's actually one of one of the oldest games on my list. Because and it's one that I literally cannot define who the designer is. Okay. There is a mass market version of this. Well, type of game like this called Sorry. But the one okay. I'm putting on my Pachi. list, he, huh? Pachi. Parcheesi. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the one I'm putting on my list. I really do dig this game. I it's okay. it. I don't know why they made Sorry, because this is such a better game. It is. Um, you're basically just moving your pieces around the board. Um, you're trying to get, what is it, four, four, you're four pieces, right? Or is it two pieces? Uh, it depends on the version. Normally it's four. Yeah, it's four, because the one I have is right Another there. version, you, uh, it's it's commonly known as Ludo in, mm-hmm. a lot of, in a lot of cultures, too. Yeah. 
And so you're basically moving um, around the board. You're rolling some dice. It's roll and move in a sense, but you could block other people. You can uh, have shenanigans, but it's like if you don't land on you someone's... come back. Yeah. You know, yeah. But you're not like shooting them all the way back like in um, uh, Sorry and stuff right. like that. It's, it's a fun game. I really have a great time playing it. I do enjoy it. I own a copy. You just looked at yep. it. It's actually a pretty decent one too. So... It's hard to describe this if you haven't played Parcheesi. It's just like because everybody knows Sorry. Yes. It's better Sorry. Because yes. Sorry took stuff from this game and made it worse. Yes. I really do dig this game. And this is... Uh, when I looked on it on Board Game Geek, it goes all the way back to like 600 AD and yes. stuff like that. It, so, it's a very <laughs> old, old game. I want to say it's either Middle Eastern or Indian. I think it's Indian. Um, which is why I called it Pachi. Um, yeah. That's, I, I think, the the localized version. Yeah. Parcheesi, I think, is the I, I think uh, Parcheesi is uh, another version of it. Because yeah. that's the one that's on my Board Game Geek. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's... Yeah, it's a really good game. It falls into that ancient thing that yeah, I... Yeah, that's I why I was like... Mm. But, I mean, yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, it plays similar to, you know, Senate. Um, mm-hmm. The the thing is, like, but you're all going in the same direction. Direction. It's but you that... all start on different sides. So and there's, then, like, there's if you're, less you're, interaction. If your pieces or, like, both, uh, two of your pieces are in the same spot, you're basically right. blocking people from not moving forward. Right, exactly. And so you could set yourself up, okay, I'm going to be a roadblock here while I move my other pieces. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Which is fine. It's fine. I, I really do dig this game. It's a bit cutthroat, but I this is one of the few games that were like, when we thought of this list, I was like, that has to go on my list. I mm-hmm. do enjoy playing it. I just don't bust it out that we, much. We should play it again. <laughs> I would be one, one of these days. I know you and I joke about like having like, or we don't joke about it. We're, we're planning a stuff, a Stefan Feld day. Mm-hmm. We're planning a Phil Walker Harding day where we play all like all their games. Why don't we have a class? Like let's play some classics. Yeah. Like I, this. I'm down with that. Yeah. All right. Like some card games, some Ancala going. We get some Parcheesi going. Yeah. Yeah, maybe even Senate. Like, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, Let's no, have that. a good time. And then, like, uh, so this is, uh, the reason why we're talking about this is that we could do discussion about it. Like, hey, we just played these. This is what we think of them. Yeah, uh, And absolutely. stuff like that for our podcast purposes. But we also, we have a lot of stuff on Felds that we need to play more. Right. Uh, we have a lot of Phil Walker Hardings that we need to play more and see how they rank for us. Mm-hmm. Same thing for the classic games. Hey, let's play some chess, see how we like it, or yeah. Pachi, or Parcheesi, or whatever. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, let's let's do that. <laughs> we'll even play Monopoly. No. I'd rather we'll play, play chess. I'd rather play the Landlord's game before I play Monopoly. Yeah, we should. I'd 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 I want to. I'm sure we could print a version of it. Yeah. Anyway, this is beside the point. Number five. You'll starting be starting with me. Off. Starting with me, and I was telling him, just like giving him a little spoilers of my list, that he'll be surprised that there is a, uh, what, what did I call it? The, um, and I, I stick in dexterity, market. but it's oh. um, the, the other ones that you, abstract strategy game. That's oh, yes. the word I'm looking for. I'm this is my this. abstract strategy game. It was an abstract strategy game that came out in 2000. Probably one of my favorite abstract strategy games. It's not GIP. GIP is older than that. Nope. It's not even in that line. I didn't think so. It's not in one of the wooden lines, is it? It's a wooden uh, pieces, yeah, but... Hmm. It basically is tic-tac-toe or connect four, but with wooden pieces that can cover other wooden pieces. So you're trying to get... Oh, yep. Okay, goblet. Goblet. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, I saw it on the list. It was like 2000. I'm like, okay, that's going on my list. They're still selling it. Yeah, I love this game. I have a great time playing it. It's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite. Did abstract I give you your first copy of that? No, I bought it. Okay. Yeah, you showed me it and I bought it. I need to get another copy of it because I went to, to a cousin of mine and I just never got it back. And I'm not I'm like, eh, it's not a problem. It's fine. He was in the hospital. I lent him a game that he can play with the sure. wife while he was there. I'll just buy another version of it. Yep. I have the actual travel version of it, and the only difference between the travel version and the normal version, well, one, it's smaller, but two, instead of connecting four, you're only connecting three. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, you're connecting four in a line. You have three sizes. You have a little tiny size, a uh, medium size, and a large size. And so you're moving these across the board. You're trying to put it out there to be four over. So you're being strategic about how you're putting those pieces out there. Because, yeah, you can cover, but if you uncover a piece and it's your piece and it gives you the connect for it, you instantly win. Yes. So you got to be smart of how you're covering and how you're doing things. You can cover it's like your... memory match, but you're making the, Mem- the matches. Yeah. And so it's just like, ooh, do I want to pick this piece up? Because I know his piece is under there and there's those there. So I could set himself up to cover over here. But if I go over here, that sets me up. So you have to be strategic about how you're playing it. It's like connect four on steroids. It really is. Because yep. you have to be smart of what you're doing. And I adore this game. I love love this game i need to buy myself another copy of it because that's how much i like it this is something that needs to be staying in my collection cool yeah good pick uh you referenced my number five just a few moments ago (laughs) and this was the other game that you thought it was it was the vhs game it's Uh, nightmare god nightmare is so good it's so awful but it's so fun it's one of the most thematic games like this is an example of like back when they were just trying to have fun with stuff yeah I, you put on a VCR, you put it in the VHS tape, you put turn that TV cranking loud, and you get belittled by this guy <laughs> the entire length of the, the thing. He will call you filthy maggots. He will demand that you, um, you you refer to him as my gatekeeper at all times. And he like he, I always love that. The first time everybody plays it, like he's like, when you talk to me, you refer to me as my gatekeeper, and you're like, okay. You're like, what'd you say? Yes, uh, yes, yes, my gatekeeper. <laughs> like, that's better. <laughs> now, stop. I want to play a game. It's just, it's so dumb. The acting is so hammy. It's so funny. And that's the why it's The game, it's you. not that great. <laughs> it, like, you have to, you have to get all six keys and you have to get to the middle and you have an hour timer to, for, to get to the middle and then you have to, at the beginning of the game, you write down your, your biggest fear and you mm-hmm. put it in a little cup, right? I think that's how it works. I might be getting it mixed up with atmosphere, but it's the same general idea. Yeah. Um, and then if you get to that middle one, you look up and if you pull out your fear, then you win. And yes, if three, I am talking about Nightmare. I, I I so love that game. I just realized I didn't change the uh, yeah. the notification stuff, so it's right. the top eight debate stuff. Oh, whoops. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's not a top eight debate for everyone who's watching us live. We'll fix that right now. But no, for real though, Nightmare is just one of the funniest things you can play. I I was half tempted to back it on Kickstarter because they recently did a Kickstarter for it, like a reversion, which I think they were going to upload the video online. However, it was like 60 bucks and it was exactly the same as the original version. So I couldn't justify it just because I have both Atmosphere and Nightmare. Yeah. And... And I'm glad that they put the video online, like on YouTube, so people can use it and watch it. And still be um, able to play it. Yeah. And still be able to play it. What I do is I actually have a, a professional sounds, sound system, right? Yeah. And I have a massive loudspeaker. 
and like and with a subwoofer and everything and i put that under our table so when when the gatekeeper comes in with a thunderclasp the <laughs> table shakes off of the ground it is you are terrified like you know like that jolting feeling like where something just like jumps out of nowhere like in a horror movie imagine that but you can feel it uh, well i hate <laughs> jump scares so... in horror movies it's lazy it, it is lazy, to say. but it's so it's so B movie. It's so great. <laughs> it's one of the best. And I'm glad it three agrees with me because it's just so what such a gratifying experience. Uh, so, so that's for, my number five for people Nightmare. in our chat. I know um, others out there, but if you're coming into our chat, uh, we didn't fix the title and the live notification stuff like that. We're talking about our favorite classic game, and we're defining classic like music twenty years and before. So now on to our number four. We're in our top half now. Yep. And you'll be starting us. Uh, so my number four, it was mentioned in the 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 poll, or not the poll, the uh, the comments by our audience, as mm -hmm. well as you've mentioned it because it didn't make your list. But this it made my list because it, it's a fun game. I really enjoy playing it. Um, you can actually get it. It's still in print by its like third or fourth company now. And this is Cosmic Encounters. Oh, yeah. When this was created in the 70s, it's still popular for a great reason. It's actually a pretty decent, I guess you could say, party game or at least a big group of games. I love This is one of the few negotiation games uh, or try to go it alone, that kind of stuff. I, I enjoy all that aspect, trying to get into the other players' minds. Crazy, unbelievable uh, special abilities. Yeah, so it's it's phenomenal game. I really enjoy playing it. I've not won this game once, but I enjoy having a good time. In fact, one time I played this game, I was the only one that didn't win. It was like, uh, it was oh, only a, the worst. It was a four player game and all three of them picked on me. It both, all three of them hit 20 points and I was yep. at 18. Yep. <laughs> it's like, ah, that's fine. Whatever. It, it, I do love that game. It's, it's fun shenanigans. Um, so for me, I don't want to talk about it because everybody talks about this one, but th there's a reason why it's so popular and that's Cosmic Encounters. Cool. Alright, uh, my number four is absolutely what I consider a classic game. It was made in the 90s. Um, some people, it's still in print today. Um, it, it is kind of like this company's shining game. Um, great components uh and it's just one of those games where when you play it it's hard to believe that nobody had invented it before because it's so smart how it works but it has one of the best twists in in rules and games and this is my pick for abstract strategy game do you know which one i'm talking about uh it's in the the gift series isn't it? it is not it's not no i did not pick any gift games so in the 90s abstract strategy yep Oh, that there's so many. This is in my, I think, top 20. Okay, I don't remember. Quarto. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quarto. Well, it, honestly, I get the, the GIF series and, like, the Q series, like, mixed yeah. up. Because there's Corridor, Quarto. Yeah, Corridor, Quarto. Yeah. I call those Quicks. the Q series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of them. Um, yeah, Quarto, the way it works is there's 16 pieces. All of them are different. There's either the... Each of the pieces are either going to be tall or short. It's going to be square or circle, uh, light or dark, or hollow or solid. Mm -hmm. This was invented by a mathematician. You have a four by four board. Uh, if you are the person who places down a piece that gets any one of those eight attributes in a row, uh, then you win. So if I put four dark in a row, done. If I put uh, four short in a row, done. Game over. 
the catch is, and this is what makes this game so unbelievably brilliant in my mind, is that you don't pick the piece you place. You pick the piece your opponent places. So it's not just, oh, uh, who first first to figure it out. That would have that would have made it not nearly as exciting. It's literally that trick is you have to create a situation where your opponent hands you the winning piece. That is what makes this game absolutely brilliant. If you haven't tried it, it's worth trying for sure. There's plenty of versions online. Board Game Arena has it for free. Mm -hmm. Go play it. It takes maybe five minutes of your time. There's even an advanced variant where where you also do two by two squares. And that could also work. So if I put a two by two and they're all like dark pieces, I win. Done. And I absolutely think this game is brilliant. Uh, Really, like, I probably should have put this higher on my list, but it's just, it came to my mind right off the bat. Um, So much so that I believe Quarto, uh, have you ever seen the movie Mean Girls? Yes, unfortunately. Me too. Unfortunately. (laughs) My wife likes it. I don't like it in the slightest, right? I don't care. But much one more. time I was I'm sitting there. I'm lucky enough my, my wife, wife didn't was like one, it either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife was watching it. I was just on my phone and out of the corner of my eye on um uh what what Tina Fey's desk, the 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 yeah, teacher yeah, yeah, that she yeah. plays, there is a copy of Quardo. It's either that or Quardo, or one of the two, but it's one of those two Gigamic games. And I saw that and immediately just like, "Whoa, hold on." And I was like, "Rewind it, Stace." And uh my wife and she was like, what, what, what happened? And she rewound it like 10 seconds. I was like, it is Quarto. Oh my gosh, it is. Like, that's amazing. And she was like, you really made me rewind it for that? And I'm like, that, I've never seen that in any movie before that. And much less, it's just a really solid, good game. I mean, it makes sense that it's on a teacher's desk. It yeah. really does. But the fact that they, that somebody in that film studio decided we have this cool wooden looking game. Let's put it on her desk because it seems teachery enough. Yeah. That that's extra gratifying for but me. But let's not use I love chess, it. that kind of thing. <laughs> but let's not use chess. Let's let, like let's use something smart like Quardo. Yeah. It's like something that nobody knows, right? I love it. It was so great. Best product placement I've ever seen. Quardo <laughs> is my number four. I mean, it's funny because it just made me think of the, all the times like if you see a board game and a TV show or something like that, you yep. drive your wife insane by pointing it out. Yes. Yep. She hates it. <laughs> She hates it. I recently watched a couple clips of uh, Seinfeld, and I think Jerry has a couple like up on one of his top yeah, shelves yeah. that you can't make out. I, I couldn't figure out which ones it is. Big Bang Theory has like 40 different yeah. ones. Well, there's like a, a point where like if you're watching it when uh, Howard and Bernadette move into their house, yeah. you can see Dominion, Dominion in the background. And, no, not only in the background. You can see it on their like their couch and end tables yeah like there's the like they put it all around yeah they put like different things you'll see Catan I, every now and i've then. seen arctic scavenger a bunch Heck, of real grand games they actually play uh Catan yes in the game uh-huh yeah or that that big giant uh war game that uh oh, playing, that yeah. the north african campaign or something yeah like the that. campaign for north africa yeah which is absolutely a real game it's such a niche like nerdy i just saw reference. some people talking about it on board game revolution yep no, it's really funny. All right, All right, moving to our number three. Number three. Okay, so this is one of the... This game was the first thing that popped in my head. Um, it moved to number three because I don't play it as much anymore. Uh, we are playing a version of it. But it's just it, because it takes so long. Especially the, the classic version of this, and that's Risk. Yep. I have a lot of fond memories of this game. I played the mess out of this growing up. I had one of the... like a. a the game of risk of world domination or whatnot 
growing up. I got it as a Christmas gift, and my dad was vicious in this game. So, it because recently my father passed away um, back last October. I keep looking at my copy of Risk down there, and it just brings up fond memories because yeah. it's it's something that I played a lot with my dad, with me and my brothers. And he just he would not take it easy on us. He he, he would tell us, you know what? I'm not going to hold back. You guys need to figure it out. And I learned the how to do the, the turtle in Australia strategy just to survive. Yep. And it worked. I actually was able to beat him a couple times growing up. Um, usually, I think it was about 10 or 11 when I was finally able to beat him for the first time. And this has been like three or four years right. playing this game. But I have had fond memories of it. And I think this game has made it where I'm so blasé. Uh, like, if I win or lose, it's fine. I just want to see what works. Yeah. It's because I had to find ways to work to keep in this game yeah. when I was playing with my dad. And it's just it's stuff that I have fond memories of. And so this is the first game that come on my list. I enjoy this game. It's it's lucky. It's dice rolls. It's you got to be mm -hmm. smart of how you're getting your troops out there and how you're going to do right. the fight. And then it's just all beholden to the dice roll. But I really enjoy this game, and I'm I'm enjoying the legacy game. We just haven't played it in a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a few years. A few years. Uh, I, when we were playing it, I really enjoyed it, and <laughs> you see how lucky I am in that game yeah. too. I had a nice army, and I just got walloped because of dice rolls. Yep, but, it happens. I, I, I dig this game. I still have a, a great time playing it. I enjoy a lot of it. I don't know if I'd want to play, uh, maybe if it was just you and me, like a two-player version of it. I don't sure. know if I want to play like a four-player version again like I did with me, my dad and my brother. Well, you can so. play that on a classic game night. Yeah. Yeah. So, But yeah, for me, this is uh, Risk. I still enjoy this game. In fact, I have a special copy of Risk down there. It's called Mass Effect's Risk. I have not played that version. I just bought it because I love Mass Effect. I don't blame you. If you wanna, if you wanna find one that was in the stores, uh, if you find Risk like twenty two ten or something like that, yeah, that was a really fun one. Yeah, I that actually, took a lot of ideas from Risk Legacy. I actually have a, an original version of Risk right there. Yep, sold by you got it from me, right? Yeah, you sold yeah. it to me. Yeah, don't ask me how I got it. I knew a guy. You My, had like six copies of them. I did. I was a Risk peddler. It was yeah, really yeah, weird. You, were. you yeah. sold it to me and a couple other people. Yeah, it was really weird. Anyway, uh, it was a strange time in my life, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> my number three is a game that I still play every now and then. I've been playing it for probably 20 years now um, consistently. I got it into it before board gaming. Very fond memories for me. I know what it is. Magic the Gathering. Gathering. Yep. Magic the Gathering. I love it. It, it it was my first foray into like modern gaming. It it would be an absolute shame for me to not put it on this list. Anybody who's listening to this podcast knows what Magic the Gathering is. Yeah. And if you don't, how? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean like that's impressive if you don't, but yeah. There's millions of other people who are gonna talk about it. It had to be my number three for yeah, sure. I, yeah, I don't disagree yeah. with you on that. That's the same reason why Risk got into my number three. Right. Like I remember I was playing uh, I was playing Magic the Gathering in 2001. Like, I was playing it <laughs> when games are barely meeting this criteria. Yeah. Like, I've been playing it for more than 20 years. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that says it right there. So, yeah. Magic the Gathering, my number three. All right, moving on to our number two. Number two. Starting with me. My number two is a game that you refuse to put on your list, even though you love this game, but you don't consider it a classic. Uh, this is actually my favorite game of this designer, and I've played quite a few of the games, and I like them. And all I got to say is Beans. My number two is Bonanza. 
I adore this game. It's a fun game. Um, I I got to get a version for myself. I just haven't got around to do it. The uh, 25th anniversary yeah, is out right that's, now. That's I'm going to go grab. Um, but it's such a fun game. I, you're basically just wheeling and dealing, trying to get your beans uh, farmed, planted. You also can't move your cards, so you're like, hey, I can give you these two beans for whatever, your soybeans or something like that, for I can put them out here in my garden and plant them. And so it's just, it's phenomenal. You're doing like this wheel and deal. Oh, don't give them that. And you got to keep your card order the same. I just love the shenanigans of this game. My wife's not a fan. I know your wife is okay with it. Yeah, she's uh, tolerant of it. Yeah, yeah my, wife, my wife is barely tolerant of it. But like, if she's like, I don't have to play it, I'm not going to play it. And it's just more because of the wheelie dealing, being loud and stuff like that. That's not who she is. But yeah, every time I play this game, I enjoy the mess out of it. It's yeah. We were talking about it. This is a game that shouldn't be as fun as it is. Yeah. It doesn't deserve to be this fun, but it is. Right. I, no, th- this is, I think... Uwe Rosenberg's best design mm-hmm. still. Yep. Like, and I, I think he's an amazing designer. What he does is phenomenal and smart. But every phase of this game pushes you to push your luck a little <laughs> bit more. more. Yeah. Like, just by, like, you have to play one, but maybe two cards from your hand. Yeah. Okay. Then you get two that you wheel and deal. Okay. That you could get, hopefully, get some good stuff. Then you draw three cards the back of your hand you're gonna see what's coming up in the back of your hand like if only i can push it for a few more turns i can yeah, make I it just this need far. to get these yeah. up here and then finally after all of that you could sell if you want yeah you know it's like here's your offer no it's so smart it's 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 so shenanigan based the thing is we've played a lot of uve rosenberg games yeah. uh some of his big games are great agricola uh, carcassonne or not carcassonne um uh, Caverna patch. Well, patchwork is a smaller game. Yeah, uh, still, uh, yeah. what is the 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 other one? Lahav. Those are all great yeah. games. His simple bean farming card game is still my favorite. I love yeah. patchwork too. Patchwork is another good one. Yep. But that this bonanza, man, I have a blast every time I play it. Yeah. Now, I haven't played it a lot. I've only played about three or four times. But I've enjoyed every play of it because one, I don't own a copy, and two, someone doesn't like it in this house. Yeah. <laughs> so when you end up buying your copy on one of our game nights when we're winding well, down, play, let's yeah. throw it out. Yep. Because we all like it. My number two is it's a game from the seventies, and it was recently remade. And I have the original title, um, but either way, it, and by recently remade, I want to say about seven or eight years ago it was remade, and then now it's no longer in print again. Uh, yep. Was it remade by Restoration? No, it okay. was remade by Yellow. Around the world in 80 days? Yep. Tortoise and Hare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first Spiel de Jar winner. Um, this game's neat. I mean, it's really weird. All you're trying to do is make it Did, around the board. Didn't it just get a like a deluxe edition reprint recently? I don't know. Maybe. I haven't heard about it, but if it does, I'd believe it. Because what yeah, you're trying to do... We, you showed it to the Gamehead Geek. He has that version of it. We played we'll the, do the, the higher balloon and... one. Yeah, around the world in eighty days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the original's uh, Taurus and Hare, and then re- the remake, uh, the fancy version is around the world in eighty days. But yeah, all you're trying to do is make it around the board. Oh, so Taurus uh, and by Hare exact is count. The... Yeah, Taurus and Hare is the original one. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, it's it's really neat how it works. Basically, um, you can either spend a a bunch of your carrots in the Taurus and Hare to move forward, or uh, you can oh, move okay. backwards. A number of spots to get more money or carrots. You have to plan them out really efficiently because you have to actually make your move 
very specific. Um, it's neat how it works. I I don't have a good way to describe it. It doesn't make sense. Oh, on no, how no, it no. Works, I, I get what you're saying. But there is a lot of really nifty thought yeah. put into it. It's one of those games where you could be incredibly strategic and play it. Like it's not. It's as simple as something that a kid could play. It's mm-hmm. not hard to play. Yeah. But making the right strategic moves to get to the end by the exact movement. Yeah. You have to have like under ten bucks, like when you get there, or ten yeah. carrots when you get there exactly. So you're. I remember when we were playing it last. I think it was us, but yeah. last time I played it, I jumped from space like fifty five to the end. Like, because I planned out the dollars exactly yeah. right. And so as soon as we got there, I was like, okay, I have exactly like $256. That will get me from here to there, 30 spaces, boom, win. Jump from there. Like, I had less less enough, won it exactly. I was, that was such a proud moment of getting that. That's one of the few times I remembered winning because of just figuring out the numbers involved to do that. It's really, really just on top. A uh, hundred point. So yeah, it's it's something I can't describe. Go try it. It's really cool. If you can find a copy, I don't know if you can, but if you can, awesome. Definitely pick it up because it's totally worth it. Well, it's been a while since we played it because it's not in my log yeah, place. It's so then I must have played it with uh with m- one of my other groups, but it's yeah, I I played it like maybe a few years ago, mm-hmm. and they were amazed at it. I, I I remember playing it. I just it's been a while because I've been doing this since. 2019 2020 or i think it was 2019 right because i was the one that got you guys all to, to keep your statistics right. yeah that's true uh so Early 2019. i do enjoy it i i see i when you said yellow i thought they did the tortoise and hare uh, no, version of it because of the uh, i was thinking the storybook series right because they made the storybook game yeah, yeah that was tortoise and or hare and tortoise hare and tortoise that's why i was getting them mixed up yep. i do have to say around the world in 80 days is a great book and and the game's great too sure you know, I, I I've never I've never read the book. I have read uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues. Uh, Jules and I Verne, like that uh, one a lot. As the as a classic uh, book writer, Jules Verne is one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. It, would it be worth listening to Around the World in Eighty Days? Oh yeah, yeah. Because oh, yeah. I liked uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues, but I also like aquatic. Yeah, I, I like aquatic themes a lot. Twenty Thousand Leagues is the best book in my opinion. I love that okay. book. I really enjoy it. But I, I Around the World in Eighty Days is really good too. How's uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth compared to those? Journey to the Center is up there. Okay. I like that one too. Okay. Uh, mind you, I've read them. I don't know. I've never listened to the audio versions of it. So it just depends I'm on sure the narrator. The yeah. yeah. But sure. yeah, Journey to the Center of the Earth, I enjoyed. I've enjoyed 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That's like my favorite. Or 20,000 Leagues. Like, is it 10,000 or 20? 20. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I just get the numbers mixed up. But yeah, I have enjoyed most of the Jules Verne books I've read. Cool. I think those are the main three. Yeah. Those are the main three. Yeah. And I, I've only listened to 20,000 Leagues. I did like it. All right. Moving on to our number ones. I don't even need my list anymore. No. Um, and neither do I. And I'm going to go first. I'm going to okay. volunteer to go first because you've already said it. This is our crossover. It's can't stop. <laughs> I mean, I I had, I had, as soon as we, you said, Honestly, we're going to make this list, I, have I put down five Sid Saxon. I was like, no, let me just pick one. Because so I put a choir. I put Bazaar. I put Can't Stop. I put Buried Treasures. I like them all. They're yes. all really good, but Can't Stop is probably my favorite out of all of them. And all honesty, if I decide, because I just thought of it, like, right when you were talking about right. things, um, I put it at number eight, if honestly, it'd probably be my number two. Number honestly, two. I, I like my number one more. Have you yet played Bazaar? 
No, I have not. Okay, I really need to fix that. One of these days, I will bring it over. I have played Acquire. I didn't like that one. No, Acquire is, Acquire is a different beast. Acquire is um, an acquired taste. Yeah. Uh, did you, you haven't played Buried Treasure yet, right? No, I want okay. to. That one looks really okay. good. Bazaar is it is the predecessor to um, Century Spice Road. Okay. Because it's all about efficiently converting. Like, I'm, I can trade one green token for three yellow. Yeah. I could trade two yellow for two blue and a green. Like and you're doing these conversions that everyone has access to. Yeah. To try and to try and buy these cards that have five different colors on them. What makes it different is that if you buy it for the exact amount, then you get the most uh points from it. So if I have zero tokens left over after yeah. I buy that, I get the maximum allotted points, which is like five points or something. If I have one token left over, I only get three. If I have two tokens left over, and it gets fewer and fewer depending on how Any less tokens? efficiently you okay. buy it. It is so cool how it works. And but your number one was Can't Stop. But it was Can't Stop. No, I'm just telling you, I need to show you this game because it's yeah, so good. Yeah, and you're good. going on a tangent I am. and not talking about the game that you're supposed to be but talking can't about. Can't Stop. Brilliant little game. Um, I also own Can't Stop Express. I, I like that one quite a bit too. That one's a little different. It's the roll and write one. Yeah. Um, but can't stop. Yeah. Press your luck. I played it actually just like last week too, maybe two weeks ago. Um, at, at the same time I played Nita Valir, mm-hmm. we, we played can't stop again. It's just, yeah, that is now, uh, one of his favorite games of this other game group that I, I gave him a copy of, of can't stop that I found at a thrift store. It's like, here you go, have it. You know, this is my gift for you. How come you never over. give me a copy of Can't Stop? See how you I, are? So, actually, a funny thing. I did that a few months ago. Uh-huh. And, uh, or no, probably a little longer than that. But I saw, I picked up a copy, got gave it to him. Because he invited me over to his, a stranger to his house. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> and, but here's the thing. About a, about a month after that, I went to the same thrift store found another version of the like the exact same style like same year like it's an old parker brothers version yeah. right but i saw that i was like oh i hope he didn't give it away like i know he said he liked it but that would hurt my feelings <laughs> if i went over to his house again and he was like oh i don't have it anymore it's like you could have just given it back you know like it's not that bad i have other people, let's see but, here i've yeah. had you over for eight hours man Come on. Yeah. I've invited you over to my house. That's true. Okay, next next t- next copy of Can't Stop goes your way. I see how it is. No, I, no, no, I'll it's fine. For it. It's fine. I will. Uh, that is yours. I've owned like six copies of Can't Stop. <laughs> you get my next one, all right? You've you've already posted claim to it. I will I will go out of my Honestly, way to buy the it. Honestly, the one I, the version I want is the one you have like the big stop sign version yes, of it. Yes, the plastic I, one. I love that one. The, well, the Parker Brothers made another version of it. This is the Eagle Griffin one as I have. Yeah. That I have. Or maybe face-to-face. One of the two. But um, Parker Brothers made an even bigger stop sign, but the cones aren't as nice. They're more oh. like the little, little flat pieces. Oh, okay. But the colors are better because, what? like, the orange and – there's not orange and red. It's, like, red, <laughs> green, blue. Yeah, Illuminous. Exactly. Stranger Danger. It was it was absolutely worth it. That was my thank thank you for inviting me over gift. Here's a copy of Can't Stop. I think it's a pretty good deal. I'm gonna show you something that's off screen. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I see how offended you are, sir. <laughs> Listeners at home, um, you could just imagine the obscene gesture that I, he just I, I, I just told him he's number me. one, all right? That's uh-huh, all I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no, can't stop. That's that is my number one, speaking of. It best classic game ever. It feels like a classic game. It's modern enough, it's from the eighties. It's old enough that every house really should have it in their house. 
and yeah, it's no, a game I, that anybody I, can play. I, I dig that one. And like I said, it would move up on this list if I had thought of it earlier instead of just, you know, wedging it in by taking out another yep. game. Uh, but Can't Stop's amazing. I love that game. But my number one is the one out of all this list, if someone busted it out, I'd play it. It's a dexterity game, and it's probably what you would consider an ancient game. Coconut. Yep. <laughs> I have. I was a, like, Jenga is not that old. <laughs> no, not that I, good. I'm not a big fan of Jenga, yeah, but I love Crokinole. I'm not good at it, but I have a, a credible time playing it. I it was it's fun. My buddy of mine actually got a board from you, and we started playing yep. it. And I we played the mess out of it. I want to get a board just for myself. Yeah. But honestly, I have no <laughs> have nowhere to keep it. Yeah, that's why I got so rid massive. of mine. Yeah, it's just they're so big. I would want to be able to find a way where I could just hang it on the wall there or something like that when I'm not using it because I endure this game. I'm not like I said, I've never been very good at dexterity games, but I want to get better at this one. And we were talking about um, earlier that I saw a version kind of like it. What was it called? Come on. Or... Yeah, Karen. Karen. Uh, that seemed pretty cool. It's basically a cross between Crokinole and Pole that I was like, oh, okay, that looks pretty cool. But Crokinole is by far one of my favorite classic ancient games, whatever you want to call it, yeah. because it's just, it's simple. You're just trying to get your pieces. Uh, you got to, uh, and if you get into the center, you get like 20 points or something like that. But you're also, there's that rule is where when you're flicking your piece, you have to make connection with uh, an opponent's piece, correct? Yeah. So you have to make that connection off an opponent's piece. You can't bounce it off yours. But you could bounce it, get it, make that connection, and then try to show, get the shot into the, the center hole and just score your points. And it's the first person to – I can't even remember how many uh, points. But you just keep playing uh, until someone hits that point threshold. But, yeah, I love that game. Illuminous, are you saying that you're a professional coconut player or he is? I'm not. <laughs> I can tell by that. No, that I am not. So – yeah, before we before we end this off, uh, Luminous and It3, thank you both for tuning in. Uh, if you have some of your favorite um, classic games, 20 years or older, throw them in the chat real quick. And we'll talk about them pretty soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, this has been a fun episode. It's fun to like, it's almost like reminiscing in a weird way, but these are all games that we played well, fairly recently. Yeah, too. and the thing is too, I didn't get into gaming till 2014. So it's, right. I haven't even been in gaming 10 years. But uh, there's still some really good games. And now, like I said, I've played some games growing up. Yahtzee, Risk, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so a game has been part of my life. But when I got a little older, they really got out because I was playing sports. And I was concentrating yeah. on that and reading comics and stuff like that. So, But now that I'm into board gaming, as you can see, uh, I still want to go back and think about these classics and which ones I really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So we definitely want to thank you all for tuning in. Um, if you ever want to join in on one of our uh, episodes, on one of our live episodes, like our friends Ithri and Illuminous, please, by all means, join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames and join us in the chat. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. You subscribe if you're not like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast pla platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you ever want to say hi to us directly, or even enter into future contests, or you give us ideas for future episodes, please email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can get in contact with us with our official Twitter account at EBG Podcast. 
And Illuminous brought up Shogi. Very cool game. Like chess variation kind of thing. Yeah, Shogi is neat. Um, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming. <laughs>